0: Welcome, listeners, to Spoilers Ahoy. This is where we talk about stuff that's very spoilery. Mm -hmm. Will, it's been a year since we talked about the Adventure Zone.
1: (laughs) Yes, it's been um, a thousand years. And the Adventure Zone is still going. It still exists.
0: That's kind of why we're here. (laughs) (laughs) I think. In, In the sense that it's still going and not in a bad way, I think.
1: Not in a bad way. But I would argue not in the great way that it used to exist. And I think that we should maybe pick apart why. Gavin, what is Spoilers Ahoy? What are we doing here today?
0: Spoilers Ahoy is where we pick a podcast that just happened that usually is something pretty big, which sounds like we're kind of ambulance chasing. But really, it's just because that's what's in the forefront of our minds, the finale of the Bright Sessions, things like that. The newest episode of the Adventure Zone has a huge punch at the end of Mm -hmm. it. And I think that's worth talking about, as well as it perfectly demonstrates something that Taz has been lacking lately Mm -hmm. that it didn't earlier on. And it also seems to be sort of indicative of how McElroy stuff exists in phases somewhat.
1: Yeah,
0: because we'll be talking about the latest the latest, the, the adventures at zone zone, zone um, where we kind of find out that like, they aren't really super confident <laughs> in a lot of things. So the basics of episode 26 though. So this, well, Amnesty as a whole storyline has been kind of building. Last time we were here, we were talking about the French onion soup scene, which is this beautiful moment of character building with duck Duck has changed a lot. Duck is now literally not powered. And we've got... um. We, there's not really been a lot of Aubrey growth besides her flashback that I can remember, but that it could also be my memory <laughs> acting up on me. Ned. This is like Ned's episode, including this wonderful, I want to say scripted ending, because I feel like Griffin just gave his dad the script of what the shapeshifter reads on the public access TV thing. That was great like that that mo- there have been like three or four moments in i listened to 25 and 26 together today 25 and 26 have some of my favorite subtle creep moments where you're like oh fuck and the like ending mounting ah shit the shapeshifter is about to do something moment and then you he turns on the tv and there's the fucking shapeshifter on saturday night dead or, or, or on a special broadcast that that also implies a lot of people in Kepler watch public access all the time. <laughs> that was just creepy. And I, I haven't found the show like to either approach that creepiness or to have that, that level of, aha, you know, while.
1: Yeah. I think that the creepiness is something that I really appreciated in this episode. Um, Early on in Amnesty, and I I would say that this comes through the most actually in the music, Uh, Griffin McElroy talked about how one of his inspirations for Amnesty overall was the movie It Follows, which is part of this sort of like artsy horror renaissance going on right now. It Follows is usually discussed in the same slate as Get Out and Us and the Babadook and Hereditary. So it follows us in that same kind of vein. And it has this uh, really uncomfortable, uh, minimalist score by a an artist who goes by Disaster Piece. He credits that as one of his big inspirations, but we have not gotten very much of that yet. And I think that so far what Griffin has... Right, right. Um... I think that what Griffin has tried to do with a lot of these monsters of the Monster of the Week platform is some of them are very, like, interesting and sweet and part of the culture, which is good. And then some of them are just sort of stock, like, classic sci-fi B-movie monsters until they get a little bit of of characterization. But I think that what Griffin has always done well as GM is tap into horrors that are more psychological, which is also something that It Follows plays on very heavily. It Follows is essentially an allegory for assault. Um, it could be read different ways, but that's that's the, the idea of what it's going for. Um, pulling in that more psychological fear of not knowing who you can trust and not knowing what is real and what's not, I think, is really wise here. But I will say, other than that twist at the end, I do not remember a thing about this episode.
0: <laughs> well, there was... Um, did. Boyd dies in the, in 25, right? Or no, we we find out that Ned was talking to not Boyd. Yeah. In 20 that's the end. I I can't remember if it's in 25 or 26, but when know. Duck goes to the telescope and hears the blues guitar? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there there are two things in Amnesty that I and I say this without any hyperbole, give me the chills or i guess you could describe it as an asmr reaction but like goosebumps Mm -hmm. and it's the main theme especially Mm -hmm. when the main theme is used to follow up this remember the the second arc when griffin describes the camera looking up at the moon and this is the start of the first real arc of amnesty and the 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 dulcimer kicks in Uh. uh whoa but when he clicks, he's like, "We recorded this in 1988." And he clicks on it, and that fucking guitar starts playing. I was so, the, quite frankly, I wasn't upset that Minerva was gone. I was upset that I wouldn't get to hear the music cue of the guitar anymore. Mm-hmm. And then he brought it back in this, and I was like, wondering what it was going to be. And that was a, that was a, that was like option five in my head. Like, it can't be that, right? That was a really that was a really cool moment. And now we're starting to actually work the damn telescope into the plot, which has been sitting there for the whole time. Mm -hmm. Like, it's the reason why it's a radio free zone. Of course, this is going to be used at some point. Right. Uh, I think this episode also had the scene where Duck and um, his dollar general manager friend slash guardian... Uh, talk about the vision and how the, the, he's gonna die, and uh, Duck's gonna try and prevent it. There's just been this, I think, I think the thing that sparked us wanting to talk about this is the fact that when we last talked about Taz, there was that wonderful French onion soup scene yeah. where Duck gets this really wonderful bit of character building, and we're kind of mounting up to like, oh, Taz is gonna go somewhere. Like, we've had all of balance for the players and the DM to really sink, like. Find a happy balance between doing fun shit to do fun shit, but also further some sort of master plot that Griffin has written. Because as much as it's fun to make fun of the people who say Griffin is railroading them, (laughs) he does railroad them.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, because he's got three
0: he's got three chuckle fucks as players to be corralled in.
1: Yeah, I think uh, last time we talked about Taz, I said that I thought that Amnesty was going to be my favorite over Balance, and I have found that that has not been the case at all. When I was listening to Balance, I full-on had a uh, like browser refresher installed on Chrome to keep refreshing the Max MaxFun page. Because wow. I knew that Max, the Max Fun page for it, got updated before it got added to my Podcatcher, and I wanted to listen to it as soon as humanly possible. For this, sometimes I'll take a day or two to even listen to the episode. And again, that's not to say that it's bad. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, and I think, do you think that part of it is that we've gotten so many incredible actual plays lately that it it just doesn't seem quite as
0: quite as exciting yeah because i well i'll I, I i'm gonna answer that but i to to give context to what i'm about to say <laughs> i do want to phrase it that this isn't you and i sitting here saying chess just isn't as good as it used to be it's different yeah uh, and i just listened to all of critical bits except for spider day but spider day is like fucking three hours long yeah so. <laughs> it's this massive thing I can't wait to listen to it I listened to all of Critical Bits which is a uh, uh, hour plus episode per episode and it had like 10 episodes out Um, actual play set in masks which is a power by the apocalypse system just like Monster of the Week all that is to say the concept of Critical Bits grabbed me and then I burned through it just like I burned through Balance when I first started listening to it except Mm it was good from the start not yeah hey the bim bam guys made a dnd show but it gets good i promise <laughs> <laughs> uh, and i'm listening to magic folk i'm listening to uh oh, what is it called it, oh shit i don't have my phone yeah I'm, I'm, i'll dub it in later but it's dice something and everything nice uh i don't know that one Maybe it's Dungeons and Dragons and everything nice. It, like it's 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 DM'd by this fucking hilarious woman. Uh I will I will I will edit in the name here. Uh and Serendipity City, I just started that. And all these shows, like I know some of it is the X factor of, ooh, this is new, and I'm getting used to these characters. But I find myself diving into these worlds with Kepler. I'm kind of frustrated because we're playing we're, like we have started. We've gotten to the point where we're playing Calvin ball and in balance, they didn't really start playing Calvin ball until the finale, I would argue. And that was because they have this story to finish. So the characters can't die until the story mm-hmm. is finished. And, I'm, I'm, and the other thing is playing tabletop for Mike is it, it depends, it really is up to how that group wants to run it, right? Because mm-hmm. there are people who will straight up merc player characters, and that's fuck, sorry, I mean, <laughs> re roll, try again. Mm-hmm. But then there are people who have built these huge arcs, and the GM wants to make sure the audience is having fun as well as the players. And sometimes you massage how the rule of cool, right? Like, you want to mm-hmm. make sure. Things are good without actually running some risks. And neither is a bad approach, but with Amnesty, the whole big deal was they can die. They're like, they got seven hit points, bruh. Right, and right. When you roll there's more of a likelihood you're gonna roll horribly on stuff, and when you roll bad, bad things happen. <laughs> and Travis isn't cheating 20s <laughs> anymore. Right. But 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 lately there's been a lot of them not rolling for shit and it, i don't think they have to yeah, be rolling true. every 5 seconds but it does feel like a lot of the character building it's more of an improv game and every now and then the characters will step out of line and griffin has to be like ah, ah, that's manipulate someone like you've just asked a lot
1: mm-hmm. I,
0: I i think that's why cuz there's been it's been more it's been more of a character drama it's it's more paced like you know not every episode of breaking bad had some huge shootout or this like in this really intense sequence sometimes it was just characters talk to characters then go and talk to other characters uh and not a lot developed i mean there was a good there was a good section of the last arc where it was the impression was it was like the grim reaper or something right because it was this hooded figure Mm -hmm. with cloven hood or no it was the devil uh with the snowstorm that follows him and then the payoff of the it's it's leaves or it's pollen didn't really like Cause there's this weird like he's you had the meteor thing and the the tree, and the meteor turns out to be for Minerva, mm, and mm-hmm. that felt like kind of a last minute pivot because we were never really prompted to n- not be waiting for that one. Right. <laughs> uh, with this, with the shapeshifter arc, I'm a little frustrated. It took until episode twenty five for them to fucking figure it out, right?
1: So I looked up. Um... I wanted to compare how arcs have been built in Taz. So we're currently on episode 27 of Amnesty. Episode 27 of Balance, the previous arc, was the final episode of Petals to the Metal, which I would say is a pretty infamous episode for being really emotionally stirring and and probably the first time that balance got really emotionally stirring and it's interesting that with that on this 27th episode we finally got a piece that felt substantial again you know we got a piece that Mm -hmm. felt like it had trajectory so I think that part of this could be just that amnesty is going to be much shorter than balance which means you know, I think it takes them a while to hit their stride. And because this is going to be a shorter campaign, that means that a substantially smaller percentage is going to be killer, you know?
0: Oh, Will, Will, let me introduce you to the conspiracy theories of the subreddit oh, about god. how long Amnesty has left. Oh, god, There are people that are saying this is it. The end of this arc is it. There are people who think there's going to be another arc and then a finale arc like Balance had. There are people who say it's this arc and then the finale. Uh, There's theories about how many hands are in the patch on the website and there's been enough arcs for all the hands except one, so we need one more arc. (laughs) Oh my god. Yet in the episode, (laughs) Griffin's just like, it's going to end by the end of 2019. Yeah. Yeah. And even then, <laughs> guess what podcast is infamous for, one, not uploading on time, and two, the players take too long, so it yeah. becomes multiple episodes.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I'm i glad people get enjoyment out of this sort of theorizing, but every time I hear about it, I'm just like, but your time is so valuable.
0: Someone was pitching the idea that the shapeshifter has been every single monster.
1: Okay, Sure.
0: They didn't have anything to back it up. They were just like, what if?
1: <laughs> okay. I mean, I just don't
0: I mean, I what respect would that. that. Add to I anything? respect just throwing it out. Yeah. Nothing. Not a not a damn thing. I do like the idea of like this we it does feel like we're reaching. I don't want to say the e-word cuz fuck you Avengers, you ruined a good word. We are reaching <laughs> the finale of the system with which we play in <laughs> in that we've reached a somewhat more sentient and more uh, well thought out bad guy that is actively trying to start a war between Earth and Sylvain again. Mm -hmm. And now we're also playing with something's going to happen with Minerva's planet. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and the, the, there have been multiple plans enacted like, it tried, to, it tried to get the hornets to chase it, didn't work. It tried to get the police to chase it into the gate, didn't work. Uh, or to find the gate, didn't work. It Now it's kind of doxing the Pine Guard and trying to get the whole town riled up so they'll go find the gate. And we don't know if that's worked yet or not which I shudder to think at how many PC voices or uh, not, not NPC voices mm-hmm. that Griffin's going to have to do next episode.
1: Yeah. That's going to uh, be there rough. Was a
0: hint that pigeon might come back this episode and it didn't happen.
1: I, I miss pigeon. <laughs> She's great. I,
0: you know, oh, go ahead. I just, I don't, I don't care. Oh, I feel like we've manufactured, <laughs> like I liked, well, no, I liked pigeon, but now I feel like because they addressed it in the bonus app,
1: oh yeah. Now
0: there is a there is a precedent that they have to shoehorn pigeon in somewhere
1: mm-hmm. because
0: it was brought up. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. When when the I feel like we had a release valve for that kind of stuff with the lunar interludes mm-hmm. on balance because you had like yeah, I missed a lot. The guy who ran the fantasy gotcha I missed having that like. It felt like there was no way in hell it was going to happen. But with the Fantasy Gachapon and the Fantasy Costco, it felt like someday we're going to get through everything. You know, like we're going to see all the cool stuff Mm -hmm. that's on that spreadsheet. Never was going to happen. But it felt like, oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not that I necessarily need audience interaction, but I love when there's a, a... you know something's gonna and that's kind of what garfield serves but the characters don't go back to sylvain anywhere near enough
1: Mm -hmm.
0: for it to be fun anymore
1: yeah yeah and i i like that the in the lunar interludes i like that they were a really good mix of chaotic and structured and i feel like there's some of that with the interlude episodes in amnesty but not quite enough for me one thing that i think doesn't necessarily serve amnesty very well is that i feel like the interludes are largely used to explore the world more yeah but what i want which
0: we have a two square mile area or whatever
1: right and what i want is to explore the characters more i think this is probably so far my biggest complaint with amnesty is and again, granted, some of this could be just because Amnesty is so much shorter than Balance and we're only so far in, but I just...
0: And the characters are so fundamentally different.
1: Yes. I just don't feel... I don't feel connected as much as you know with these characters as I did with the characters in Balance, but I think that it's because I'm not convinced that the players feel as... Connected to those characters, and some of that has been changed. Well, like when it comes to, um, yeah. to duck, and you know, going from basically one extreme to the other in classing. Um, I think that that's been a good change, and I think that Justin has felt more at home playing playing duck for that reason. But it's still it. I just don't feel like they're quite as invested this time around it still feels a little bit stumbly in execution to me
0: it's we have so much sorry we have so much wait time like the pendant the the fire pendant and ned's connection to aubrey is fantastic and it doesn't it does need some time to brew but we had that hospital bed scene and ned almost tells aubrey and then doesn't and then we just kinda (laughs) and then you have this wonderful scene where ned to fake boyd tries to bargain for just the pendant Mm -hmm. so that he can fix that but i complete like even in that same episode i forgot that that was a thing so when aubrey finds the pendant it's almost like the podcast is being like Hey, hey, Uh This is the payoff to that thing. Right. Tune in two weeks from now when the Tune in and talk dial to up. <laughs> that's <laughs> their thing. <laughs> but there's just all this slow burn stuff. Like it's the duck show. It feels like most of the time, and I don't necessarily have a problem with that because I really fucking like duck. Right. But that's because I really like duck. Aubrey is just kind of there like there was at yeah. one point um there was one point where travis said something about she has done a b B&E and before and griffin goes has she and i sat there for a second i was like oh wait she's supposed to be like an orphan who has or who has like lived on the road for years mm-hmm. and is a magician but also can do magic and all of these are things that have just kind of away yeah like all the magic stuff she's actually using magic and that's a really cool and she made a ghost and that's a thing that can't happen but ghost dewey is like not in that episode right ghost dewey gets like a a gag about the donut and then we don't talk about how there is a fucking ghost at the sheriff's station sorry (laughs) sorry (laughs) specter
1: I think that one of my problems with Aubrey is that it seems like Travis is sort of conflating interests with a personality, which is a problem I have with how people build a lot of characters and also how a lot of how people build themselves. Um, Because interests are not the same as a personality. Um, And having an interest in magic and having an interest in like performance is not the same as a personality. And I feel like one is being substituted for the other.
0: There was that scene in the lounge or no, it was on the lodge. It was at the sheriff station. Uh, Aubrey g- gets pissy with one of the, one of the Hornets and gets in a fight or gets into like an argument. And Griffin gives them the easy out where the other Hornet says, listen, we're just, we're everyone's hot headed right now. Let's just leave it. And then like he like Griffin gives Aubrey a free out on that conversation. And Travis just turns to that character and says, fuck you.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Why? Like, like I get like, I don't even know why Aubrey's I don't even really remember why Aubrey was that worked up in that scene. And if a character is that worked up that the player would think to say, no, I want this friendly NPC upset at me. So I'm going to tell them to go fuck themselves, even if it doesn't. It's not going to result in combat. There's not going to be a role. It's just going to be there and it's going to be in the canon. And I don't I just listened to it today. and I don't fucking remember why. Yeah. Except that they were having the discussion about should we tell Kepler?
1: Right. Yeah, I the
0: answer being no.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, I it's frustrating because I like her, you know, I I think that she is interesting. I think that all the characters are interesting. I just maybe it's a matter of like, I wish that this is gonna sound really pretentious, but I wish that the the players would do some character work outside of recording. And they might, but I guess then that I wish they would do it Which is
0: weird it's interesting you bring that up because i was re-listening to the 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 bonus episode i refuse to say the full episode of again or the full title of again but they were talking about how they think they over prepared their characters and next time they do a season they're gonna purposely not do as much work because they think they think the secret sauce is that In balance, they goofed off and didn't actually put thought into the characters. So they weren't thinking too much when they started playing them. Uh, I,
1: I agree with that theory to an extent. Because I think that once you get into a character's headspace, if you like click with that headspace, what comes naturally to you in characterization is what's going to feel the most natural. But I think that that has some issues when it comes to Amnesty. So first, I think the issue is they built characters that they couldn't quite get into the headspaces for so that improv work isn't coming through as cohesively as I wish they were and then also we don't have the time to fuck around <laughs> this is going to be such a short campaign like we we can't waste time on that shit
0: you know, Aubrey has ADD like Travis does but Aubrey is also bisexual and Puerto Rican and a woman And a woman, and I don't want to, this is not me implying Travis McElroy did it for internet brownie points after some of the stuff that happened with Balance. But, if you're going to add all that stuff to a character and you don't have time to like do any of it justice yeah. <laughs> it just starts to feel like you have all these things on your it's like when you actually play D for goose and you just have all this shit in your inventory that will when you end the game four years later and you're like oh i've had that magic items since like the first month we played and it didn't use it once mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so aubrey's just kind of aubrey's a woman who has magic powers and likes stage magic mm-hmm. and has a rabbit except we kind of wrote the rabbit out of the show mm-hmm. because we couldn't figure out a way to keep the rabbit safe and that's Aubrey thank you yep.
1: <laughs> again interests versus personality
0: Meanwhile, Ned, I mean, Ned is a a bunch of pop culture references strung together into a person, but that kind of fits. Yeah, Ned, I think, uh,
1: so Duck is my favorite, and I feel like he has played the best. But Ned, I think, is hands down the most woven into this game. He feels consistently natural, consistently a part of the world. Um, Granted, Clint makes some choices that are bullshit because he's Clint, um, and you know he wants to yeah grab as much power and do as much shenanigans as he can but I think that it works really like, well
0: like the hotel scene yes
1: yes and the all of the Oscars and Emmys where Ned's a
0: fucking Mission Impossible agent for a little yeah. bit
1: but like he feels really right in the genre he feels really right in the world I don't really have any complaints about Ned. Other than that, I think he's fine. I wish he would be used a little bit more. But I think that we're going to get there.
0: And then Doc. Dear sweet Doc. I
1: love Doc. Dear sweet Doc.
0: Doc feels like this is me overreaching. And this is me uh, getting really parasocial about a famous person. So apologies. But... uh, Whenever I think about Duck, I think about that scene at the end of the last episode of the Bam TV show yeah. where Justin uh, talks about how it was, how it was nice having them back in Huntington. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why, but for some reason, like him being the one who stayed kind of connected with me and that stuck mm-hmm. with me. And then they ruined it by calling him crying Emmy juice. Uh, <laughs> I don't think that ruined <laughs> it at all. Because are brothers and that's what <laughs> they do. Uh, <laughs>
1: It was
0: so good. Uh, Justin. About <laughs> uh, but but that scene stuck with me. So when Duck is kind of the embodiment of. Stayed at home. I mean, he went to college. He learned about plants and now he's a mm-hmm. forest ranger. But he was literally told you have this Justinine. You're going to be Duffy the vampire killer. <laughs> and he just went, fuck that. I just want to stay here. And I want to watch trees for a living. And he and he's just act. he has a talking sword and he ignores that because he just wants to keep fucking mm-hmm. calm and live his life. Uh, and now he's kind of forced into that. Yes. I like that. Like, I, I think that's I feel like that seems like a person took a part of themselves and put it in a character and they can live that character. Also, Duck has all these things like he fucking sucks. at Yes, lying. I love that. It is so much more fun. It is so fun to listen to Duck suck at lying than to listen to Clint playing Ned pretending to suck at lying. Or that one scene where he literally just started... Pretending that Ned sucked at lying and then they yes. get called out on it, which I thought was yes.
1: fucking hilarious. I think that my problem with
0: he's a thief and he's never yeah, had a lie before.
1: I think my problem with Duck is that I just I just want a little bit more emotional depth for him. I want him to have higher stakes other than the fact that he could die at like any second because he's a mundane now. I I just want something I want stakes yeah. that are there other than he cares about his town and he cares about you know, surviving.
0: Yeah. Cause in balance, what do we have? We had the world and that's about it. Like taco didn't have much to lose. Merle didn't have anything. But I to lose, think, really, I think
1: the difference, I would actually argue that the stakes were much higher for taco than they are for duck, not just because of the world, but because it, taco didn't have nothing to lose. Because he was like an average guy, he had nothing to lose because he lost everything, and it was in his eyes his everything.
0: fault. Yeah, I, yeah, that was his yeah. backstory. Was his it?
1: backstory was rough?
0: Yeah, because the poison thing. So, and also, sorry. Yeah, I was I was conflating the poisoning to be something he forgot. When oh he forgot
1: no, 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 no 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 no. Yeah. no.
0: Also spoilers. Oh, yeah, for spoilers for balance.
1: for balance. Blah blah blah. blah. Um, yeah, and I think. <laughs> I think that the stakes were much higher for Taco because he went from somebody who, with Taco, we have somebody who loses everything in his mind, like it was his fault, you know? So he goes to work for the Bureau and he's fine with it because he says later on, he doesn't know where else he would go. He doesn't know who else would take him after what he did. Mm-hmm. So he he has you know as as over the top as he is and uh, conceited seeming as he is he is deeply self-loathing and has a lot of guilt. So he goes from somebody who you know thinks he is is worthy of of nothing and can just do whatever he needs to do to survive because he does have like a ton of, of self-preservation instincts. He goes from that to making really good friends and caring, and not just caring about his friends, but caring about the world and caring, caring about, you know, the autonomy of people. Um, And that's why I think the stakes are so different for him. And then when he gets the memories back, and then now he has so much more then it's it's another whole dose and granted a lot of this characterization didn't even happen until much 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 later on in balance like we can't say that taco genuinely started as self-loathing because he didn't
0: taco's name is taco right exactly
1: exactly (laughs) but the difference is that immediately justin had some sort of idea of how to get in taco's brain space and granted we switched from idiot taco to uh
0: taco fox
1: yeah to taco fox (laughs) um i hate that sentence that we both just said we
0: you switched from idiot we switched from like dope to tacos good out here
1: yeah we switched from dope to like
0: like, that's to kind someone of like pivot. deeply
1: invested in their own self-preservation. Um, and and very like <laughs> yeah. convicted about what he will and will not do, which I think is extremely good. Like, he's not he's not even stubborn. And
0: those convictions are fuck with the government. Right, right. Behind. Like
1: he cares exactly about what he cares about and nothing else. Um But even with
0: I think there's also something to be said for the fact that D D as a framework for the story, you are, you are, de- you, the characters are designed to be adventurers. And that's kind of the, that's the thing you, that's a concession that you have to make as a player is we three have to meet and have to be, have to get along and go on adventures. I together. think
1: that the same, I th- the same could totally happen with monster of the week. It all depends on, on how you spin yeah. it.
0: But it also comes with this, like not, level up and get better and have less chance of dying to you're gonna fucking die and um fucking up is how Mm -hmm. you progress and you don't want to fuck up so it's less that i'm gonna make this barbarian and he's gonna cross he's gonna cross level into rogue for some reason that comes up three times in the whole show thieves can't everybody and then you've got uh i'm a forest ranger and i can't I, I take two less harm than everyone else oh shit now i don't right, right. <laughs> i still mean like i maintain people people have hated on it him changing playbooks was i know this is the episode where we're like what happened to the secret sauce of amnesty but Doc changing playbooks is just fucking inspiring. yeah i love it
1: i think it was perfect it's so it. good, like it's so it's funny because at the very beginning of Amnesty Griffin talked about how he was like, "I told all of you to not choose the chosen," but Justin up and fucking did it anyway. <laughs> and I I like that they got away from it. I like Griffin was totally <laughs> right. It's not a good fit, and also, inept duck is so good. Uh, I just again I just wish there were more emotional stakes for Duck specifically I think that if there were more emotional stakes for Duck everything else would fall into place
0: yeah I mean it's all about how you sell it like I mean there are two ways you can this is not Mm -hmm. a spoiler for the biggest movie ever Avengers Endgame is a time travel movie That Marvel has zero references to time travel in the trailers because it sells more tickets to be this is the last movie. it's not but this is the this is basically the last marvel movie ever and all of the plot threads are all gonna come together the
1: games end.
0: (laughs) this is (laughs) whatever it takes whatever it takes whatever it takes just every fucking character saying whatever it takes Uh, that's that's impactful is that a
1: thing that happens no
0: that's that's the trailer is um i think it's i think it's robert downey jr talking about or talking about how this is it. This is the end. And then he goes, whatever it takes. And then it's a montage of all the main cast members saying, whatever it takes. And then it's <laughs> Avengers in game. And then. <laughs> because the, because the <laughs> Avengers is the most pro one of the most profitable things ever made, but their theme song is five fucking seconds long. The Avengers theme is, is yes. just 20 notes, I feel like less than that. And they just repeat it over well, fucking over. Technically,
1: it's a light motif. It's,
0: a, it's, it's like poetry. It Rhyme. They'll motif. just have to get used to it. I'm off track. No, uh, but uh, motifs <laughs> are a thing. It's okay. I, I feel like here's the thing. I still love Amnesty, but when Amnesty was first coming out, I was downloading every episode yeah. the second it fucking came out. Like you were with Balance. And
1: mm-hmm. I
0: still, like mm-hmm. I say, like, like I said at the beginning of this, that this setting, I think it's the setting that really sells it all I'm from Western Kentucky. And
1: yeah, absolutely. I do
0: not. I grew up trying to distance myself from this area as much as humanly fucking possible because racist NASCAR mm-hmm. love and piece of shit, tailgate drinking, whatever. Like these are, this sounds like I'm naming stereotypes, but these are people I knew. And that's Western Kentucky. Mm-hmm. When you get over into the Hatfield McCoy part of Kentucky, which is right up against West Virginia, that's when you start getting dulcimers and actual Appalachian culture. And I always,
1: mm-hmm. I always
0: kind of demonize that as like, that's like worse than where I am. Everything out that way is <laughs> And I need to stay away from it as much as possible. And then Griffin, who genuinely seems to love being from West Virginia writes this theme song that is kind of fucking dulcimer. It's got, a violin that could be called a fiddle uh, <laughs> and, a, and a, and a steel <laughs> guitar. And it just it fucking reaches something deep inside me. And it's like, this is something Appalachian inspired that is good. And, and it comes from a good heartfelt yeah. place. And like, I don't know, it, it's weird to hear Appalachian stuff that I know 100% for sure is coming from a place of love and of character than something that's not attached to the Civil War, or other yikesy things about this part of the country, and it just like it hit me in a spot. Right, uh, we totally didn't accidentally stop the recording at this p- point before uh you were about no. to. You were about we to say because I'm temporarily psychic. You were about to say what your secret sauce was for this. um Then we talked about Emerald for a bit because Emerald Lagasse is in all of our hearts. <laughs> uh he's not dead or anything we're not we're not thinking Uh about Emeril Lagasse because he died today or something wow I just put that in the universe but I just want to say I'm officially sorry for bringing up the term secret sauce early in this podcast because now we're just using it naturally uh it was meant as a joke and here we are uh will what's what's the thing that's been
1: Gavin are you still are you still temporarily psychic (laughs) no (laughs) Oh, I was going to ask you how I die. Man.
0: Hang on. What the fuck? There we go. There we go. Okay, both my hands can snap now. We're good. So what's the thing in Amnesty good. that's not been uh, driving you to download as soon as possible lately?
1: I think my main thing really is the the lack of emotional depth for Ned. Um, Not Ned. Duck. Duck. I think that if yeah with duck i i think that if duck had the emotional depth that i wanted from him that everything else would click into place gavin if you had one thing one thing that you think could make amnesty more exciting for you that they could just implement what would it be stop
0: splitting the fucking party uh i get that it because it oh, really does legit. feel like we're splitting the party into three different scenes so that each character can find out a thing that's a fun edit stop point and then over to the next person. And then, oh, and then Boyd was dead the whole time. What's Duck up to? Duck found the audio mm-hmm. of the blues guitar. What's Aubrey up to? Oh, shit. She found the necklace. What? Tune in next week after this week because it's two weeks <laughs> also mm-hmm. i i guess that's the, yep. that's the one thing i would change but supplementary to that i miss when they recorded multiple episodes before they uploaded anything because i feel like i feel yes
1: i think I feel like it Griffin had
0: more room to massage shit after the fact and now he's having to mas- massage shit as mm-hmm. a gm like and that's not to say there aren't Mm -hmm. DD shows and monster the week and any tabletop role-playing game where they record episode by episode and awesome things happen but i feel like because the adventure zone is this massively successful show through which other shows can become successful just by having a jumbotron message in it like People get hundreds of listens because they paid 150 bucks to be in the Jumbotron. Uh, Taz mm-hmm. has built up this, this level of importance they have to deliver. They cannot have fuck around episodes like you had in here. There be Gerblins and Rockport limited.
1: Also right. Rockport
0: limited comes out the day before my birthday. Whoop. Can't wait to read it. So excited but ooh but yeah, Ronfort Limited excited. will have been edited quite a lot for the graphic novel uh, the first the first 15 pages are mm-hmm. on uh or are, are, are there is a 15 page sample but i i feel like they're not that far into the graphic novel and there's not a single tombodet to be found
1: uh <laughs> mhm they might not have uh, been able to Get,
0: yes. you know
1: snag the the rights to tom bodet's personally
0: <laughs> if i if i was the the law law person that's what lawyers are called if i was the copyright person at first second publishing and i got a note that says hey the podcast guys sent me a note and they want tom Bodet to okay these pages i would <laughs> can we fire them is it too late is it too late they're writing for Marvel, huh? Nice. <laughs> no one the to Tombow Dad. They don't get Tombow Dad. <laughs> if they want French Stewart, they can have French Stewart, but not Tombow Dad. That's way awful not what talking about.
1: Gavin, any any last thoughts on Amnesty so far from where it started and where it is now?
0: Amnesty is the sophomore effort of taz so of course it's going to have all these expectations and all these things it has to live up to that it never will Mm -hmm. i argue amnesty has some Mm -hmm. wonderful moments in it but there's a lot of chaff for the wheat Mm -hmm. uh and i some of that is you're making a podcast you are making a podcast as a business you have to keep fucking making episodes you can never record an episode and throw it away there was an episode of story and song that they threw it away because the characters got so far off track. No one liked where they went. So they just started over right. from the part where things went wrong and we got the ending we got because of that. And I respect that choice at this point in amnesty. I'm just excited for things to get ramped up again. Cause I feel like we're this arc is where I, I don't know. This is me assuming shit. But it feels like the the Adventure Zone zone where Griffin says, I don't I don't I just we've been I don't know what's happening. I think him vocalizing that and putting it out (laughs) to the world has now put the stress on him to be like, oh, fuck, wait, people are actually expecting things to happen. And (laughs) it's not just here's Ned talking about fitting out a van that will never be used. And it hasn't really. It's Mm -hmm. only been used like twice. (laughs) There's all these wonderful flavor things that will have no fucking impact on the show. And now we're starting to get into like that person you just talked to wasn't a person. What the fuck? So I'm excited for the future. Despite the fact we've just spent an hour talking about how it's been kind of. I would like to think this is more of a constructive conversation to get people thinking about like how would you pace your show or if you make a show like what do you do to think about these things and it's not necessarily a bad thing to have episodes that are eh. it's bad to have episodes that are objectively bad but you also can't be 100 all the fucking time sometimes you gotta (laughs) slow it down it's just sometimes you slow it down so much that you spend an episode a long a long amount of time talking about where the fucking rabbit is i love dr harris bonkers so much but let's not worry about where the fucking rabbit is but come on i did i did like that travis is kind of ended with like
1: yeah i'm i'm excited
0: no please go on i was talking about the fucking rabbit please go
1: on oh it's okay (laughs) um i also stopped because there was a fucking haunted noise in my ear So that's great. Love that. That's great. What was I going to say? I was going to say something. Excited. Why does my closet sound haunted? This is so bad.
0: <laughs> hang on. Hang on. Who's this? Oh, it's it's Zach Baggins. My name is Will Williams, and I didn't believe in haunted closets until I came face to face with one. <laughs> Here's this EVP. Of a haunted <laughs> closet. If you listen closely, it sounds like it says "Go to hell." <laughs> here, here it is again on, in slow motion. Come
1: on, take
0: you. <laughs> I want someday, someday those EVPs are gonna be so fucking bad. It's literally just gonna be someone in the background going, "Hey, uh, I think I forgot my mic pack," and they're just gonna be like, "It sounds like a chant summoning a demon <laughs> from hell." <laughs> Can you- <laughs> listen to Insanely Haunted, a podcast about how Ghost Adventures sucks ass. Will, I'm very sorry your uh po- yep. your, your podcast your podcast isn't haunted, your closet is. What's one thing you look forward to yeah, with Amnesty? It's okay, it's
1: okay. Uh I'm looking forward to uh, to seeing where where this monster goes and how it ties to everything else. Because I feel like it has the potential to be really cool and get some of that emotional tension out of the characters um, if it's played right and if they, if the players lean into it. I think this is going to be a good turn for Amnesty. I don't think Amnesty will ever quite win my heart the way that Balance ultimately did, but I do think it is an Unfair comparison just given how very long <laughs> balance was. Oh,
0: supplemental thing. Hey, McElroy's, let's start saying the names of the people who made the RPGs that you're playing because they were made by one or two people at most, and we're just talking about them like they were made by Wizards of the Coast, yeah. Monster of the Week and Honey Heist, Mm -hmm. and the Sherlock's vampire thing are all indie pod, or indie podcast, my brain is screwed, are all indie RPGs made by people who (laughs) need recognition and support, (laughs) especially from something like
1: fucking Taz. Yes. That
0: was my, that was my, uh,
1: I will say that since Taz, I've seen the Monster of the Week book in several game stories, which I think is fantastic.
0: Yeah, it went from, like, not being printed anymore to being in game stores everywhere, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I love that. This has been a good spoilers, Ahoy, even if we are yeah. a little grumpy
0: about Todd. <laughs> we- yeah. Grumpus. Krampus's less committed cousin. <laughs>
1: Oh, yeah, I, I don't know what happened, but I started just saying Grumpus Wumpus about a lot of things because I'm a cartoon yeah, of a person. Um, <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, that's something.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for listening to Spoilers Ahoy. Will, where can people find you on the Internet?
1: People can find me on the internet at, at Will w writes. That's W I L W underscore rights on Twitter. You can find me at WillWilliams.reviews. You can find me um, on the AV Club's Podmas. You can find me on Polygon. You can find me all over the place. Um, yeah. Gavin, where can people find you on the internet?
0: People can find me at my website, thepodreport.com, T H E P O D R E P O R T. I also go by at the pod report on Twitter. I will probably be talking about my sci-fi sitcom series, which a voice actor called a workspace comedy the today when we were recording this yeah. and I immediately messaged my fiance and be like, I have been working on the show for six months and I never thought of workspace comedy. <laughs> I Gavin, was so what? I was so frustrated <laughs> with myself. <laughs> <laughs> Graham. Graham Rowett in his in his majesty just kind of workspace comedy instead of workplace comedy. I was like, holy shit. There it is. Uh, yeah. Potterport on Twitter. Uh, I have an Instagram. I don't use it. So good luck if you find it. <laughs> it's still got a bunch of stuff from PodCon. That's about it. Uh, yeah, that'll do it. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Ahoy there! Tis I, the Credit Pirate, bringing you proper citations across the seven seas. Today's intro sailor was voiced by Josh Rubino, who can be found on Twitter at ProfCopperMine. Proper links and citation are provided, as usual, in the notes below. RSS feed burner away!